I want you to look here in Psalm chapter 46, and let's look in verse number 1. The Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I want you to look, just hold that a minute. Now look in Matthew 28, and I want to read you a couple of verses here in verse number 18 and verse number 19 and verse number 20. The Bible says, And Jesus came, verse 18, And spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight for letting us be back in the house of the Lord. My, we've had a wonderful time this morning And then, Lord, here tonight, the great singing, the congregation numbers, the specials. Lord, it's so good to see the church folks bringing visitors in from the community. And then, Lord, it's so good to see the young people being actively involved in the church, in the work of the Lord. And God, we just ask You again to help us because, Lord, without You, As Brother Reed sang tonight, Lord, we could do nothing without You. Help us here a little while, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name, I ask these blessings. Amen and amen. Just a little bit of review for you that were not here this morning. But Psalm chapter 46 is one of the 11 chapters in the Psalms that are devoted to the sons of Korah. These young men were outstanding to say the least because they had to make a tough choice. Their daddy had rebelled and revolted against Moses, the man of God. And these boys had to make a choice. And I appreciate young people that will make the right choice even if their parents are doing wrong. Well, these boys did the right thing. But sometimes we all know doing the right thing is not easy. Doing the right thing many times is the hard thing. Well, these boys chose to go with God. They chose to go with Moses, the man of God. And right before their eyes, the ground collapsed. And their daddy and their mama and all they had descended into the pit of hell. Read that when you get home, Numbers chapter 16. It's never happened before. It's never happened since. And do you understand how heavy these boys' hearts must have been as they saw their parents go to hell? Well, they did the right thing. Again, it wasn't the easy thing. But they did the right thing. And God made him a promise here, Paul, in chapter 46 
and in verse number 1. We were looking at the last phrase in that verse number 1 where the Bible said that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Those two words, present help, I have to say again, He's been my help in the past. And I know He'll be my help in the future. But aren't you glad He's a present help right now? That idea of a present help is where we were this morning. The fact He will meet you there. Aren't you glad that God will meet you right in your time of despair? As pastor's been preaching, right in your darkness, God will meet you there. I'm not using this. I know it would be a good place to preach. But I do want to use it as a launching pad like I did this morning. We found this morning in Mark chapter 5 a man who was a maniac. He was a lunatic. He had over 6,000 devils living inside of him. He never got a moment's rest. He spent his whole life crying, cutting himself with stones. He had so much demonic power, they would chain him, but he would just break the chains asunder. Well, this poor man is hopeless as far as society is concerned, but somebody met him there. The Lord Jesus compassed sea and land all because of one soul. Never underestimate the, the great value in one soul. Some would say, well, a trip like that would be worth it if he saw a thousand converts or a ten thousand converts. Well, that's not the way Jesus sees it. I'm glad he sees it as the value of one. Mark eight thirty six and 37, For what shall it profit a man? if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? My, the value of a soul. Have you ever thought that Jesus did everything He did on that cross, all that suffering, all that shame, and He would have did that had you been the only soul you say, preacher, that's pretty far out. Hang on. Galatians 2.20 The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Are y'all ready for this? Who loved me. <laughs> what about that? who loved me and gave Himself for me. I'm glad He loved the world. I'm glad He loved the church. But aren't you glad He loved me? You can look in the mirror and say, Thank God He loved me. He met me there. I said a little bit about it this morning. I never get tired of trying to tell it. When I was just a little boy, I knelt down in the sawdust under an old gospel tent, I can feel my dad's arm go around my shoulders as he took his old Schofield King James Bible and led me to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, my dad met me there. That was a great thing. 
the preacher that was preaching, he met me there. That was a great thing. But you know, they couldn't do what was necessary. But thank God somebody showed up in the sawdust. He met me there. Well, that's been a long time ago. I'm 61 years old now. And I want to say thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. I'm glad when I needed pardon. Oh, I may not have been quite like the maniac in Mark 5, but I was just as lost, just as lost as he was. And guess what? Jesus loved that old boy, and Jesus loved this old boy. And aren't you glad Jesus loves us all? And I'm glad tonight when you come to Christ to be pardoned for your sins, He will meet you there. If you're lost tonight, it'll work for you. That's right. It could happen right up here somewhere. You say, preacher, we're over here on the side of the road, out here on a little dark road. Do you mean He knows where we are? You better believe He knows where we are. Thank God if you bow your knee, call upon the name of the Lord. Thank God you shall be saved. That's what the Bible says, and that's what I believe. Y'all making me want to preach that again. Well, it'd be worth preaching again because in this matter of pardon, He will meet you there. Are you lost? He'll meet you there. That's where He'll meet you at. When you're repentant, when you tell Him you're sorry, when you put your trust in Him, thank God He will meet you there. But tonight, I want to move on to Matthew 28. If you have your place there, We'll look at a couple of verses tonight beyond what I read. But can I look at these verses one more time? Look back in Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. And I want you to look at the Bible and see if you can see our theme in these verses. He will meet you there. I want to see if you can find it. Whoop! I have found it. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. If you wonder why 6,826 demons is no match for him, that's why. Whoop, hallelujah. He's got all power in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, do you see our theme popping up here? And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You say, preacher, what are you trying to say? Well, when I got saved, he met me there. I said, he met me there in pardon. But guess what? Jesus Christ will meet you there in this matter of propagation. That is the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you see how this is worded? He told us because He has all power, we're to go into all nations. We're to 
get them people saved. It doesn't matter what nationality. It doesn't matter what country. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. It doesn't matter their financial standing. It doesn't matter their level of education. We're to go to the entire world because that's what Jesus died for. The world, the world of sinners. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man is come to seeking to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. Bless His holy name. Now I want to make you a promise tonight. According to the Bible, sometimes we feel lonesome. Sometimes we feel forsaken. But I tell you one way to get in His presence, to get Him to meet you there, is to be found faithful, putting the gospel into the hands of those that don't have it. That's why He left us here to be witnesses, to be testimonies of the gospel of the grace of God. I've heard it twice today that this church just had a miracle in a bus repair. Some wouldn't think that's no big deal. But you see, when Brother Reed got that bill and it said total amount due, zero, you know what that means? He met you there. I said, He met you right there. You say, why did He meet them there? Because that's what the bus is about. The bus is about the gospel. The bus is about getting Jesus Christ into the hearts and minds of children and those that don't have transportation. Boy, isn't it good when you see a bill coming and that bill gets in your hand and the Lord meets you right there. I'm not dreaming. This is not coincidence. This is not good luck. This is not an accident. And God knew these sermons was coming and God knew that bus was broke down. Can somebody say amen? I didn't know a thing, but God knew it all. <laughs> Woo! I know we're recorded tonight for the world to hear, but could I back this thing up in reverse a little bit? Could I pull us backwards a few years? I remember over in the prayer room at Antioch Baptist Church. We were getting ready to have revival. And Brother Jimmy and Brother Reed and some others was there. Church wasn't nearly as large as it is now. And it was a great church then. It's a great church now. Well, Pastor Jimmy brought up in the prayer room, he's wondering, what's he going to say? Because he don't even remember all this. But I remember it well. He said, folks, would y'all pray for us over at Reedsville Free Will Baptist Church? We've bought a bus. And we're wanting to reach out in the community and see if we can reach some children and reach some unchurched people. People that don't have transportation. And I'm waiting to hear about this bus. I'm thinking, I knew how large y'all's church was. And I'm thinking, well, maybe at most a 12-passenger van. That's what I'm thinking. And then Brother Jimmy spoke up, yeah, we got a 60-passenger bus. I thought, man, we can put the whole church in that bus and still have room for visitors. Amen. But I tell you what, that old bus, <laughs> whoo, look at all the souls 
it's brought to the kingdom. Look at all. The, I'm telling you, God smiles on that. You won't get God. You want God to show up for you. Get interested in souls. Get interested in sinners. Get interested in spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll meet you there. I don't care if the bill is $800. I'll meet you there. You see, the church has a responsibility to get the gospel both locally and worldwide. You see, you can do what you can do in your Jerusalem, in your community, in your area, but that's not where it's supposed to stop. We're to not only take the gospel, Brother Paul, here in our area, but we're to take the gospel unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And church, when your evangelist is running up and down the road and you see me way down in Florida or you see me way up in New York or you see me in Georgia or South Carolina or West Virginia and all these places, just remember you got a part in that. And God Almighty recognizes that. And God will meet you there. I said God will meet you there in this matter of propagation. The devil tells you you're wasting your time. The devil tells you you're wasting your money. The devil tells you if you hadn't to give all that money away, then you could pay for your bus repair. Well, we don't have to pay for the bus repair because he met us there. I'd rather have him in the presence than money in the bank. I can't get past the old bus tonight. Can I take it for a drive? I'd love to blow the sun out of it for Jesus. I love horsepower. Is it a straight gear? Amen. Oh man, I, I could do a burnout in that old bus. I'm going to tell you, friend, ain't it good that we can enjoy serving God? Jesus said, and I just read it to you, if you'll go into all the world, if you'll take this gospel, if you'll take it, He said, lo. Now one preacher defined that is never ride an airplane. Lo. Well, that's not what it means. Lo, I'm with you always. I'll meet you there. Keep giving out the gospel. Keep telling children about Christ. Keep trying to build a church. Man, don't I love first day of revival when somebody says, Hey, these are visitors I brought from the community. Heard the same thing tonight. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Jesus likes that stuff. You want to know something Jesus likes? He likes that. Because He promised to meet us there. Why is His presence so real tonight? Because this church is interested in the souls of men. Interested in reaching sinners with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I want you to look back in the first part of Matthew 28. And I'm going to do my best to try not to keep you long. You know, that's what Elizabeth Taylor told her last husband. I'll try... Not to keep you long. Amen. I was in a service and said that. And some of the kids said, Who's Liz Taylor? I said, Never mind. Amen. But I want you to look back in verse number one. I want, I want you to see three important things about propagating the gospel. And I want to show it to you clearly from the Bible because sometimes things like I'm going to share tonight gets dim. 
And sometimes we don't see it like we should. And sometimes we get to thinking wrong. You know what keeps me thinking right? I stay in the Bible. That keeps me thinking right. You listen to CNN, NBC, and all these news outlets. I don't have much confidence in any of it. It'll get you thinking wrong. That's why you better keep your eyes and your mind in the Bible. Well, look in verse number 1. Verse number 1. Now, don't get nervous. That does not mean I'm doing a verse-by-verse study, so don't get nervous. The Bible says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Now, look at that. Two female characters. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Now Mark 16.1 tells us there was another lady in this group. Her name was Salome. So we got three women. You got Mary Magdalene. You've got the other Mary. And then you've got Salome in this story. Now this is really important. Ladies, please, ladies, pay attention. You see, getting the gospel out is not male gender only. You see, these women were responsible for getting the gospel out. As a matter of fact, these women were the first ones to get to the tomb on resurrection morning. Some of the greatest witnesses, some of the greatest testimonies, some of the greatest soul winners I've ever met in my life were not men. They were women. God give a woman a special touch, a special voice. Her being feminine like she is, in many cases, she's more tender toward those that need the Lord. Aren't you glad for the Mary Magdalene's, the other Mary, and the Salome that are teaching us that if we'll take the gospel, He'll meet us there. You know, Mary Magdalene, check her out. I can't find another woman in the New Testament that was a greater leader among women than was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, before she got saved, you wouldn't have wanted anything to do with her. She was from Magdala. That was sin city of that day, like Las Vegas of our day. If there's ever been a girl who grew up on the other side of the tracks, it was little Mary Magdalene. The Bible even said this about her, Paul. He said that she had seven devils living in her. Can you imagine a little girl with seven devils in her? She's growing up without God, growing up without church. She's never heard Jesus loves me, this I know. She knows nothing about the B-I-B-L-E. She couldn't quote John 3.16 or anything else. But one day the little demon-possessed girl She met the Master. He met her there. He got them devils out of her and she became one of the most outstanding Christian women that ever put on a pair of shoes. Don't tell me God can't take the outcast. God can take the outlaws and the outcasts and those on the other side of the track, save them by the grace of God, wash them in the blood of Jesus. And I challenge you, hey, take a challenge. Find me somebody in the Bible, that loved Jesus more than Mary Magdalene. You'll have a hard time finding that. 
not only do you see Mary Magdalene, but it's just briefly mentioned, read, and the other Mary. Now this is not Mary the mother of Jesus. This is Mary, mother of James the Apostle. He's called James the Less. Have you ever read James the Less and wonder, why is he called James the Less? Well, there were two Apostle James. You had James, brother of John, and then you had James the Less. James, that just simply means that he was younger. He was a younger James than the other James. Don't get confused with that. I'm trying to give you a blessing. You see, these women knew something about ministry. Here's a woman named Mary Magdalene, but you can't find nobody that loves Jesus more than her. And then here's a woman, she raised a boy who became an apostle. One of the hand-picked men of Jesus Christ. Don't tell me women are not important. I don't think I'd be standing here tonight if it weren't for my mother. Thank God, I think I heard her shout from heaven just then. Preach it, boy, preach it. I think about poor Moses and Elijah. They've probably got bruised ribs in heaven, if you can have bruised ribs. I can see my mama give them an elbow. That's my boy. Well, Miss Anderson, we've heard that for years. We know that's your boy down there. You know, thank God for mamas that raise godly children. What about a mama who raised an apostle? Whoop! That's pretty big, ain't it? Raise an apostle. But then Salome, her name's not there, but her name's in Mark 16, 1. And she raised... Can you imagine a mama that had two boys? Both were apostles. James and John, brothers. Their mama, Salome. My, what great women of ministry. Y'all with me, aren't you? You don't think these women had influence? Them boys were such powerful preachers. James and John, you know what their nicknames were? Sons of Thunder. My. Wouldn't it be good if we had some preachers today that were sons of thunder? Well, that's what these boys, what a great mama. Two great mamas and a great woman that loved Jesus Christ. You know what? God met them there. God will meet you there if you'll be busy about propagating the gospel. I want to say some more about them women, can I? You know, they were not only women of ministry. They were women of the cross. Check out the scene at the cross. Guess who's there? Mary, the other Mary, Salome, and another woman named Joseph. They were all looking at the cross. Hey, let's learn a lesson from them. Let's keep our eyes on the cross. That's what they did. They stayed with it. And it's believed that Mary Magdalene and her band that she was leading were the last ones to leave the cross after Jesus died. They were not only women of ministry. They were women of the cross. They were women of faith. You know something? I'm afraid that most of us know nothing about walking by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Let me give you the scene and the conversation that must have went on as they're headed to the tomb. Are y'all ready? I can see Mary Magdalene. She kind of leads them. 
And she looks over at Mary and looks over at Salome and says, Hey, have y'all thought about how we're going to get that stone rolled away? We're just little tiny women and there's a massive stone in front of that tomb. Well, I can hear one of them say, all, of, all three of us together are not strong enough to move that stone away. What are we going to do? We're just going to keep going. We're going to keep on going. We're going to go by faith even though what we're facing is an impossibility. God give us some saints that will keep on going even though what you're facing is an impossibility. A lot of you know the story. Some of you don't. But when they got to the tomb, guess what? The rolled away. They walked by faith. God took care of the obstacle. If you'll walk by faith, if I walk by faith, God will take care of the obstacle. <laughs> they were women of faith. They were women of praise. Do you still have your Bible open? Matthew 28 verse 9. The Bible says, and as they went to tell His disciples, you see, they done been to the tomb. Peter and John must have hit snooze, man. They didn't get up in time. These gals done got up early. They done been to the tomb. And now they're going to get the disciples. And as they went to tell His disciples, well, look at there. Behold, Jesus, what? Met them. Woo! And saying, all hail. And they came, look what they did. They held Him by His feet and worshipped Him. These were women of praise. As soon as Jesus met them, Brother Mike, the Bible said they fell at His feet. They grabbed His feet. Now, you know, I know they saw something when they got down there at His feet. How many of you know what they saw? They saw a wound. Not a scar. And by the way, there's no scar today. It's still wounds. Amen. Open wounds. And they saw that wound in His feet. But I believe when they got down there close, they saw something else. What could they have saw besides that wound where the nail had went through His foot? I believe they saw a fulfillment of a 4,000 year prophecy. What in the world could that be? What did these three women see? Well, when they got down there at His feet, they noticed His heel. Whoop! <laughs> Some of you got it, amen. His heel had a big bruise on it. Do you remember the story when the serpent beguiled Eve and all the chaos in the Garden of Eden when God put that curse on that serpent? God said one day, the seed of this woman, whoop, whoo, one day the seed of this woman that you have beguiled, one day His heel is going to bruise your head and your head is going to bruise His heel. I'm glad I know there were two wounds in His foot. There was the wound from the nails and thank God there was the wound where He stomped the devil's head. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ is alive? Aren't you glad that He met Him there? Amen. Don't you love the Bible? I'm still on the women. I'm trying to get off these women. If I don't hurry up and get off these women, they're going to try to take over around here tonight. 
But not only in this chapter we see women, he met them there, but we see worship. In verse number 17, notice, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. That's talking about the men now. But some doubted. Isn't it amazing that none of the women doubted? Whoop, come on, men, folks. Some of the men doubted. None of the women doubted. And look what it says. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some doubted. I don't have time to preach on worship tonight. But let, let me help you with worship and praise. Did you know worship and praise is not the same thing? Praise can develop into worship. Let me explain. Praise is this. Are y'all ready? Praise God. Hallelujah, church. God's been good to me. That's praise. And that's okay. That's good stuff. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. When you praise, you've got to have an audience. In other words, you've got to have somebody to praise God about too. Just like I just said, God's been good to Don Anderson. That's praise. I got to have an audience. I got an audience. So I just praise God. Are y'all with me? But worship is not me telling you how good God is. But worship is when I'm telling God how good God is. Sometimes I might get in a praising spell and kind of forget about my audience. (laughs) And then I start talking to Him. You know, I believe tonight God would honor us if we'd really get interested in getting this gospel to the lost and dying world. We see in the text, Brother Jimmy, that there were women, there was worship. But look in verse 18, I'm trying to quit. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. There was wealth. Now this world, Elon Musk, listen, Bill Gates, they would not recognize this as wealth. Because the wealth here is simply the power of God. And friend, there is nothing, there's no amount of money Elon Musk paid $41 billion for Twitter. What about, that's a lot of money. But friend, the power of God far, far excels anything that any billionaire on this earth would have. A lot of my ministry is about the power of God. I see our churches dying, my heart's broke. I go in churches where there's not an amen, there's not a hallelujah, there's not even a musician, there's there's nothing. There's just a little crowd hanging by a thread. That's why when you pray for me, pray that God will put His power on me because the only thing that can revive these places, it's not money, it's not silver, it's not gold, it's not a gifted preacher, and I'm certainly not a gifted preacher. But I'm telling you, what will make the difference is the power of Almighty God. Friends, I I know that you think I need power, and I do. And I know you think Brother Jim and Teresa need power, and they do. But everybody in here, 
We need a fresh visitation of the power of Almighty God. It's a wealth that this world knows nothing about. I never let the sun set on a day that I don't ask Him for a fresh filling, a fresh anointing, the power of Almighty God. You ever thought about last words? Some of you might remember last words of a loved one. I remember the last words of my mother. I remember the last words of my dad. I pastored for 30 years. That represents a lot of deaths, a lot of funerals. I remember a lot of last words. You ever thought about the last words of Jesus before He ascended back to the Father? Acts 1.8 Listen to these last words. But then ye shall receive power. Isn't it amazing? The last thing He wanted to talk to us about. The last thing He wanted to leave with us, Brother Reed. Ye shall receive power. When? When? After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be what? What shall we be? Witnesses. You shall be witnesses unto me. He said, both in Jerusalem, hometown, and all Judea, that's the other side of the tracks, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus said, I got the power. You just need the power. And if you'll go in my power, I'll meet you there. He will meet you there. Wouldn't you like to be a soul winner? And I'm not going to embarrass nobody, but some of you have never won a soul. Some of you have never led a soul to Jesus Christ. I'm not fussing, I'm challenging, okay? I'm your friend. And I want you to know tonight, if you'll get interested in what He's interested in, He'll meet you there. He'll meet you there. Wouldn't you like to lead someone to Christ and one day get to heaven and there they are because you led them to Christ. 1 Thessalonians 2.19 Paul said, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus at His appearing. Wouldn't you like to get to heaven one day and see people that you're responsible for leading them to the Savior. You see, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You know, Brother Jim, my dad, I grew up on a farm, and dad could sow seed, I'm telling you. He could, he could have a bucket and sow seed with such a flow it's like how to get his hand in that bucket and back out and, keep, and never stop walking. He could do that. He was, man, he was an expert at that. And he's trying to teach little Don how to sow seed. And man, I'm making the biggest mess. And I'm trying to do it like him, and I can't. I, I can't do it like him. And so, Miss Sheila, y'all going to laugh at this. So I finally started pulling one seed out at a time. And still, even doing that, Miss Joan, I felt like I was such a failure. I thought, man, I dread it when this stuff starts coming up because where Daddy left off and where I started off, 
it's going to be disaster right there. But Reed, guess what? When that seed started coming up, I dreaded going out there, but I couldn't find where Daddy stopped, and I couldn't find where I started. You see, it's not in your technique. It's not in your ability. It's not because you're a great somebody. If you can just get the seed in the row, He'll meet you there. And He's the only one can bring it to life anyway. How many of you thankful He will meet you there? Now listen, I want to get honest on this Sunday night. Mainly the home folk. There will be a gang of visitors coming. Mainly home folk here tonight. How many of you would look at me? Don't even bow your head. Preacher, I want to be about this business you're talking about. I want to be about propagating the gospel. I want to be a soul winner. I want to win souls. Can I see your hand tonight? As we stand, I want